Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a rather special show from Engage for Success. Uh, I'm Joe Moffat. I'm host for today's show, and um, I'm delighted that we're going to be celebrating what is, in fact, our 250th Engage for Success radio broadcast, um, and um, delighted that by celebrating that, we're going to be joined as our guest by David McLeod. Um, David, as I'm sure um, listeners will know, is, is co-founder and co-chair of Engage for Success movement, and really was the co-author of the report that kicked this whole this whole shebang off um, ten years ago, believe it or not. So, welcome to the show, David. Thank you very much indeed, and uh, hi everyone. I'm delighted to, uh, to to join you all today. Well, it's great to have you with us, and, and particularly on the, on such a special occasion. And I was I was doing a little bit of um, reviewing the archives earlier today, and um, I know you're no stranger to the show. Um, you've been guest with us um, least on at least four occasions in the past, either either flying solo um, on your own and or with with your co co-founder and co, co-writer uh, Nita um, and I think you've also actually sat on my side of the fence um, on occasion as well haven't you when you had uh, a special interview with with Dave Ulrich that that was that was one of the very early shows that was about five years ago so um, I've, I need well, to make sure hmm. I do a good job today otherwise you'll be snapping at my heels again <laughs> you always do a good job, Joe, and uh, it's uh, it's a special thing to uh, uh, very flattering to be invited back. Thank you. Well, it's good to have you. And so, really, um, today's show, in terms of topic, has been sparked by what you and Nita and the movement have been doing for the last ten years, and very much also um, sparked by the theme of our recent conference, which was, was a record-breaking one, I think, really, wasn't it, David, in terms of the turnout yeah. um, and the yeah. energy and the, and, the, and, the, and the momentum that there was behind it. And the theme of that conference last month in London was people at the heart of business. Um, and we had some cracking yeah. guests and speakers um, really all talking about their experiences from organisations of a variety of shapes and sizes and sectors. Um, but I think one of the things that I took away from talking to delegates was the sense that so much of what was discussed was felt to be able to be taken away and applied in their organizations, whether or not they were of a similar nature to the speaker. And I think particularly we're going to focus on some of that as part of today's session. But before we do that, um, I wonder if I could just get you to just paint a little bit of a, a broad brush picture of, of the context that we're working in at the moment. You know, what is what is the broad context against which Engage for Success as a movement is is trying to work, in your view? Yeah, certainly. Thank you, Joe. Um, and in fact, in a sense, it picks up from the picks up from the conference. I mean, the conference was very much a um, let's stand away. Now we're out of the office for a day and look at the context for the topic. I mean, is is this a fad? Uh, is this something that's growing in importance? Is it taking a turn to left or right? Uh, what's the context around it? And then really importantly what do we actually do about it and it was fantastic to have uh, uh, to have speakers for instance the chief executive of the absolute brand talking about how the inside and the outside have to be the same these days because of transparency which we'll pick up in a minute um, so uh, the, the context I think like many of us it passionately believes that the, the the context in which 
we're working and means that this topic, whether you call, call it engagement or not, you call it people at the heart of business, is getting more relevant. And, and I think of that in terms of just stand back and think of some of the pressures, not just that we feel in, in uh, management positions, but everyone's feeling in the organization wherever they are. The sense of, um, a sense of our customers or our citizens in the, private se- in the public sector, you know, they're, they're all more, much more demanding than we've been in the past. Uh, and the sense of the service we're offering, we're getting marks out of 10 continuously in the private sector from uh, things like um, Amazon. You can rate light bulbs in Amazon. You, I mean, you can rate, uh, rate anything. And, on the, and in the public sector, the sense of uh, continuous feedback uh, in all sorts of different medias about what's going on and how it's happened. So everybody feels this intensity of the, uh, intensity of the moment uh, and mm-hmm. is having to deal with it. And interestingly, the, um, the Institute for Customer Service was showing that uh, a, one criteria that used to be quite low is now, is now number two in their last uh, criteria assessment of what people are looking for. They want the person they deal with to be friendly. So we've got to be efficient. We've got to deliver exactly what people want. We've got to do it in a friendly manner. It's growing. And then you add to that the changes in technology uh, that is coming at us and the transparency that's available. Picking up my remark a minute ago, you know, it used to be that you could have a brand that you presented and how you were internally could be rather different. But now, of course, transparency means you can see right into the heart of an organization through social media platforms such as Glassdoor and others that will come and others that work in parallel. So you can actually see right into the heart of an organization. Um, and, uh, and that means that um, all sorts of things happen. Like, for instance, is it 20% of people getting jobs now are all going on to something like Glassdoor to see what the reality of working in the organization actually is. So mm-hmm. you've got um, more demanding nature. You've got these changes in technology. Uh, that are coming at us. You've got the the sense. I love this expression. Has your market been Ubered? <laughs> Those of us who think we're in a nice, secure market, well protected with competitive advantage, and up pops uh, a competitor, perhaps a digital competitor, someone from different part of the world, and upends our uh, upends our market. And I suppose one thinks of things like uh, Nokia, which only little more than a decade went from is it 250 billion. Uh, dollar company to a 13 billion dollar company so um, all those senses have changed to say nothing of the uh, of the cost pressures that are that are on us all for the shareholder or for the uh, for the government so those external pressures and then internally you know when people join us they're increasingly i think this is healthy less deferential but it does mean the style of management we adopt has got to we've got to adapt to that we have to we have to be prepared to answer the question why a lot uh, as people come in and want to understand why we're doing what we're doing. And people want fairness and trust. And when 7 out of 10 people are either neutral or do not trust their bosses, that's not to be taken for granted. Mm. People want meaning and purpose. And that lovely book, Senec wrote it. It's all in the title, isn't it? Start with why. And Start people with want why, to be yeah. empowered. And the, the recent... Um, the recent survey that showed there were surveys showed that uh, 36% of people were happy with the level of empowerment. That dropped recently to 27%. So all these pressures are on organisations to say nothing of 
Brexit and leaving the world's or making it very much more difficult to trade with the world's largest market, all these pressures are coming down on, on, on uh, organizations and people in organizations, um, which we ought to occasionally stand back and think, uh, what's the effect of that and how do we need to respond? Yes. And so what would you um, say are some of the some of the results of all of that? Well, um, I'd say they fall into two buckets, as it were. The first one is, I'm afraid, the uh, the more normal sense, which is reflected in in um, length of sense of well-being. Uh, last report I saw was Britain was the UK was ninth out of twelve countries for having low well-being. Mental health issues have written have risen last year by 42%. Um, in engagement terms. Uh, for some years, very broadly, lots of research, but you know, third engaged, a third neutral, and a third disengaged. But if you probe that disengaged, the latest Gallup work, I think we were 14th out of 16th, having the largest number of disengaged employees. And I've just mentioned trust, and of course, mm-hmm. that's that of itself is a reflection of how people are feeling at work, and what it manifests itself in is lower confidence. Um, lower energy to innovate and create competitive advantage, lower energy to grab opportunities to make our organizations more efficient in all summarizes as kind of low agility. And, and that far too often is the case. But, hey-ho, there are some fantastic examples. And, uh, and I'm delighted to say, I think an increasing number of examples where organizations have actually decided to really take this stuff head on, these pressures head on, and don't want to join that, that list, that statistic of, of those who are not doing well. They really want to harness the fantastic power that people have uh, to deliver. And, and there we, we came up with some, with some things, some lenses, some enablers, if you like, that, that seem to have gathered momentum over recent years. Uh, and uh, I'm happy to to chat a little bit about those, Joe, if that's the appropriate point. To yes, let, let's do that because I think that's quite a, a quite a good introduction to us then talking a little bit more specifically about um, one of the particular guests at the conference, which was um, Sir Eric Peacock, um, who really talked with yeah. you on stage, didn't he, about predominantly about the second of yeah. those lenses or enablers, but, but yeah. then um, kind of filled in the gaps afterwards. So that might be a useful setup. So um, I think we all call them those of us who are connected with Engage for Success, talk about these as the four enablers, don't we? Um, but yeah. I think there yeah. are, the thing about them as being a lens or a, uh, something to look at them through from your point of view is that organizations don't necessarily call them that, but these are what the, this is what you have found from your evidence. This is, this is what good organizations do. And I think that's, that's what's fascinating. If you necessarily said to somebody, does your business use these four enablers? They may not know what you mean, but then when you tell them, they'll think, oh, yes, we do that. You know, so I think it would be yeah. very helpful just to paint a, a brief picture of what those are for us, if you would. Yeah, of course, I'd like to. And, and uh, picking up your theme, Joe, um, every context is different, and only those in that context know what feels appropriate to major on and what the issues are that they've really got to address. If you're already mm-hmm. doing incredibly well but want to do better or you're just coming out of the back end of a really rather failed change program or there's very little trust or a whole lot of people who vote as managers and haven't really been trained, whatever it is, that context has to be, has to be understood. 
so that we can uh, major on on things. But when you want to sort of sense of what what one what one might be looking to achieve, these four things, time and time again, not for profit, private sector, public sector, were present are present in organisations doing well. And the first one is this sense that there's a story. There's a story that we can all hold in our heads about where we've come from, what our organization was like some years ago, about how we are today, the good things in our organization and the concerning things in the organization, and then something about what we aspire to be in the future, typically addressed through what are what stakeholders saying about us in what feels like an appropriate time frame. It may be 18 months, maybe three years, maybe five years. What do we want our stakeholders to say about us? What's that inspiring vision that we want to work towards that we've had preferably a hand in creating? People often say, well, the, you know, the board tells us and so on. Well, you know, the board has typically some, some lines in the sand, some givens, and I think if we start with those, there's plenty of space between them and there's lots of space in how we implement them. And, uh, and uh, we'll pick up under, under Eric, on the comments about Eric in a minute, some of the ways of doing it. But certainly um, doing this in pictures, drawing it in pictures has been a way that often really speaks to the emotion. Um, it should be simple and clear and compelling. It should definitely not be outsourced to someone else to do. And often, but not always, the young are extremely good in creating little video clips and little vignettes to bring alive what this uh, what this really means um, whether it's um, whether it's Whitbread bringing alive you know your dreams come true staying at uh, premier staying and visiting Costa coffees and premier inns and so on or whether it's uh, mm-hmm. whether it's um, Babcock who are doing fantastic work uh, over a number of years trying to bring it alive or GKN factories or DHL, you know, really trying to bring that alive so we really do own this sense of we, we look down the mountain at where we've come from and recognize our progress. Um, we objectively analyze where we are, and then we look to the future, and we draw a, a simple, compelling picture of what that means that provides a kind of beacon for us all as we go about doing more specific, uh, specific things. So mm. that was the first thing, a simple, compelling mm. story. The, and that plays very was, much to the purpose, doesn't it? The need that, that people have for a sense of purpose. Why are we getting out of yes. bed in the morning? I, I, I kind of think about it in those terms, and it, it really is all tied up with that, isn't it? Sorry, you were going to yes, say the absolutely. second, the second so, one. Yeah, no, start with why um, is, uh, is, the, is that lovely theme of Senex that, um, mm-hmm. that, that we all need that. So an affirmation that what we're doing is noticed and worthwhile, which actually leads nice, neatly into the next one. Virtually everyone reports to somebody yes. so in that sense we're all managers and and, and some uh, what was that, that research out of the state 62 percent of all americans prefer a new boss to a pay rise well oh, yes. what are we, what are the 38 percent doing and we through this huge piece of work over a year that i hope many listening uh, to this will will recognize and whose organizations took part in it we've built on since you know just in summary terms the manager I work for, I've worked out with them clearly what success would look like, and I've been given some scope to bring myself to achieve that task. As Gilliam Stan would say, we task, we trust, and we tend. The second mm-hmm. thing these managers do is that they, they really go out of their way to ensure that we feel 
that we are being treated not as human resources, not as human capital. We're being treated as human beings, as individuals, you know, that have our quirks, our foibles, our hopes, our fears, our dreams, our nightmares, and that, they, and that the, these managers, they help us, and it might be in practical ways, like um, can I come an hour late on Thursdays for childcare issues, or, or it might be uh, something around a way I want to develop my career. But I really feel my managers clocked me for who I am. And, mm-hmm. and lastly, these managers, they're constantly coaching they're constantly coaching me, not in a, not in a heavy uh, command and control way that I feel I'm really acknowledged and praised when I succeed and when I put effort in, um, and uh, particularly the latter. And, uh, and equally, if I mess up, if there are dysfunctional behaviors around, these managers address them, but in a, in a positive light. So mm-hmm. that creates uh, a, a platform in which I feel that I'm being broadly well managed and if i'm broadly well managed it's a good introduction to the third one which is if i'm in that state i will more readily offer my voice i will more readily say what i think i'll more readily help the organization seize opportunities to innovate for competitive advantage to give outstanding fabulous customer service um, to find cheaper ways to do what we do and to open up new markets basically the only four ways of improving a business is people who do that and their voice is critical in the ability to do it. As, um, as uh, Richard Baker said rather, uh, rather clearly, the leader's job is to give the organization a damn good listening to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if we can make it an informed voice, uh, we can share where, how we're doing and so on, that voice will be uh, a more authoritative, uh, more helpful and more relevant. And with social media, it's a really a hell of a lot easier now to share, uh, to share people's views to make sure they travel, uh, to make sure we listen, to make sure we're not just, uh, as someone said, open door for good news. We're open door for all news. Yeah. And finally, in this category, it is the cheapest smoke alarm we can ever have because things, <laughs> certainly the, I spent bulk of my career managing businesses, things go wrong all the time. The question is to catch them when they're small things before they get big. And if you do that, you nip them in the bud and you don't end up with the problems Volkswagen's had or BP's had or even worse, about challenges Space Rocket had. Um, we yeah. catch them when they're early because voice travels quickly. And then finally, um, the, this sense that is there, a, is there much of a say-do gap? Are the values on the wall reflected in the behaviours I observe amongst my bosses and my peers? If, if, if there's no, not much say-do gap, if there really does seem to be a good overlap, then you get, uh, you get trust. And then when you get trust, uh, things happen fast. And if you work in a distrustful organization, as I have from time to time, there's never enough resource. Everything takes forever. We're continually second-guessing, and progress is slow. So those four things, Joe, um, are, are things that um, well, you've had a, a good hand in helping us to develop, and I hope others will recognize our lenses to look through uh, to make sure that we can um, uh, you know, take advantage of the market opportunities to create a successful organisation and, and improve our sense of well-being. Excellent. Thank you, David. That's great. That was a lovely overview. And as, as always, um, you, you managed to sort of articulate what could be quite, um, bla- not bland, but quite sort of uh, rigid. You, you put some real colour 
you put some real colour on what are essentially sort of you know black and white statements and really bring them alive. So thank thank you for that. I'm sure Thanks. even those people listening who are familiar with them will always um, you know always enjoy sort of just getting that slightly different take and nuance on it from you. So um, I think yeah. we've got. We've got just under 10 minutes left on the show. And what I'd like to do now is really just turn to sharing some of the examples of those that you drew out of um, Sir Eric Peacock at the conference. Sir Eric, for those who don't know, is really a, a serial entrepreneur who's, who's developed and set up and run numerous businesses in quite a whole variety of different sectors himself. And he's got a, a particular take on the, on the SME world, hasn't he, David? Um, and, uh, he kicked off by talking about the fact that, um, as, you, as you said, we all work for someone. Um, and you asked mm. him to share some ways in which, either from his own experience or from others, um, he feels that managers can better engage, engage their people. And I know there was a very, very popular uh, quote going around, a lovely soundbite from him going around, which was, which was all about his, his absolute desire to um, steal with pride, uh, adapt with glee, and implement with passion. So perhaps you could share some of the things that he talked about so that our listeners can do exactly that. Well, I'd be delighted to do so. One of my favorite human beings, uh, Eric, has just come away so energized after a conversation with him. And I do encourage people to go onto the web uh, to to have a look at the uh, at the interview, but um, so uh, excuse the uh, pale imitation. But um, I've known Eric for many many years. He's worked in the public sector quite a lot as well. I I know firsthand. Um, mm-hmm. But um, we started off talking about the onboarding process, and um, and we're all reminded, and he reminded us that what typically happens is you've gone through a huge recruitment process. Um, you've actually finally got the tick in the box. And about two weeks before you arrive, a brown, a brown envelope comes to your door, and in it there's an incredibly heavy legal document that asks you to sign away uh, your rights to anything you think of, uh, and, uh, and so on and so on. And it, it's all rather uh, legal easy and, um, in, in a sense, sucks some energy out of you. And, and so what Eric shared with us is lovely, lovely idea that two weeks before you join, instead of get, just getting a, a brown envelope with some legal ease in it, you actually get, and you actually invest as an employer, another 10 quid on top of the salary you're going to pay whoever this person is, another 10 quid, and you send them a couple of glasses and a bottle of wine, and in it you say, we'd really like you to celebrate with your partner the fact you're about to join our organization, and we really want to tell you how much we're looking forward to your joining us. And, the, and, the, and typically speaking, the employer says, I can't believe I've just had a bottle of something uh, from, my, uh, from my prospective employer. Let's yeah. sit down and have a glass of whatever it is that's sent through. And, and of course, further in the box, it said, look, we do apologize, but you'll understand uh, there's a few legal easy things we have to cope with. But your whole mood for that is so much more upbeat. And, and there's nothing like a sense of, um, of those who are dear to you sharing with you and probably quite envious when they relate how their own employers treated them. It's just a lovely little £10 investment on an annual salary to start off on a, on a terrific, uh, terrific foot. You know, really bringing out the best. And he went on to talk about, didn't he, Jay, went on to talk about um, how you get people involved, how you really get people to bring them whole selves to work, in, not, not in a coerced way through, um, 
financial bribes or threatening with this and that. It's actually um, willingly offering. And he talked about uh, how, for instance, the best companies don't have just a national charity that the whole organization uh, is really encouraged to support. They come up with the one, the local one. They get involved with it. They feel they're achieving something. They spend a little time on it. They're released a little time on it uh, to, to add to the sense of involvement that they also want to grow themselves, the whole person. And uh, mm-hmm. so uh, organizations that offer an opportunity to join uh, evening classes with a little financial support sometimes. And he yeah, actually spoke about it doesn't matter if it's basking, basket weaving. Uh, it's, it's all about people developing themselves and in developing themselves they have a bigger contribution to make they bring in speakers and instead of just speakers coming and talking to the board these speakers come in uh, and they really do offer their insights their energy their enthusiasm for everyone to take uh, advantage on they he talked about they talk they talk to within that context they talk to people about what they might do outside the organization uh, so Mm -hmm. that um, so that people can be inspired and listening to that and they yeah. thought about um, breakfast university from southwest airlines and how people can go and they can hear about what's going on they can hear about external speakers they can feel a part of it all he had that lovely example didn't he of um, of uh, of the sort of red carpet the, the awards ceremonies we're social animals yeah. we want to feel we've been acknowledged and setting up a uh, hiring a place and rolling out a red carpet and and having people dress up in all sorts of different ways, having huge fun and really mm. celebrating it. People offering mm. their stories of what they're doing and why they're doing it, uh, so that they're, they're all they're all available on the web, uh, shared through um, video sharing, social media platforms, and so on. So that the so that um, uh, a whole set of ways that make me feel uh, animated and make me feel acknowledged and make me feel. Um, just seen and, and acknowledged so it was, a, it was really a fantastic set of things that he talked about um, that if you unleash your people and set the tone uh, he's easily followed up you know I think, I think so to... it was quite inspiring I think and what, what, what I particularly liked and picked up is he's no, he's no soft touch is he David he's not, he's not just doing this because it's a nice thing to do he's not just doing it because he's some um, you know uh, uh, terribly uh, magnanimous and um, you know uh, generous sort of chap who runs a few businesses he's he's absolutely clear that doing these things is actually good for the bottom line I mean I think the the um, induction thing you were talking about with the glasses and the wine I mean one of the big challenges particularly in, in in certain industries it's a significant problem is when you've made job offers, the no-show rates, the counter-offer to people mm. to encourage them to stay in. And, you know, he, mm. he monitors this. He was able to say that mm. those things significantly dropped by about 70%, I think. And, um, and you know, it's not, it's not just sort of pink and fluffy, and I think he used the word tree-hugging. He still runs tough mm. businesses, but he knows mm. that mm. by doing so many of these things that he talked about, um, he can actually point to the results of being commercially uh, positive for them. So, um, I, you know, I think well, many of our listeners struggle to persuade people to do these things um, because they see them as being, uh, you know, soft and fluffy. Um, and, and that's possibly one of the biggest barriers that, that people have who, who get this. 
So to have somebody like well, that. Well, the whole point of this is, is absolutely for performance. I mean, you're mm. absolutely right. This, this whole, the whole movement, uh, you know, no profit, no business. So, uh, and uh, if we don't deliver what the citizens are looking for, it doesn't happen. So, um, Eric is uh, Eric's very clear on that, and uh, we've taught talked uh, over many many years with him over over this and he's been a constant source he went on did he not talked about employee voice he had that lovely example of twice a year seven cards are um are given to their employees um yes and twice a year they send two uh for people to suggest what they could do uh, to improve things with their own role uh three on what uh what uh they would do and one on what the organization could do and mm-hmm. so th- there's a constant kind of stream of ideas. There's uh, down tools time when people, quite a more dramatic idea, that people can go off, even hire a house and blast through a really difficult issue and then emerge with some suggestions of how the organization can cope with it. Or they, he talked about pass out where people can get a ticket somewhere, go and spend a day somewhere, even overseas, to really start to examine what other organizations are doing and bring that voice back into the organization. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, Kaizen groups at the end of uh, shifts. I mean, my background's in, in chief executive running businesses and, and how we harness people who are already doing something and get their views of how it can be done better. That is the core of the whole issue of, uh, of um, Lean, which has done mm. so much to save what's left of manufacturing and indeed uh, is increasingly being used in the services sector and in the public sector and parts of not-for-profit. So yes. harnessing employee voice with a whole range of different ideas, a whole range of social media platforms, so that we can build on each other's ideas and we're very clear when things are tricky and that we go out there and manage them. And the other thing he talked about was this. I love that thing about the big book of the future, talking about strategic narrative, which you say, Joe, could be sound a bit kind of managementy, but how we got people to spend three minutes on camera talking about what they what they really want to do and what the point of it all is and then they edit that and send it round and people recognize their contributions in the ultimate video that, that goes goes to places. He talks about what is Eric thinking, you know, the the new product ideas and how people can feed thoughts and see that happen, how uh, that strategic narrative is reinforced in Ritz Carlton every 11 yes. o'clock once a week on a particular day so the chief executive can, can share that. And a whole range of different ideas. I know we're basically out of time, but a whole range of ideas that make that <laughs> we happen. Are. So it's we uh, are. very exciting. We are wildly out of time now, so I'm going to have to wrap it up there, which is a shame. But I think our listeners will get that it is well worth going to have a look at the video. Um, the video link is on this on the radio page, but you can also find it by um, searching Sir Eric Peacock at the e- at EFS. Sir Eric Peacock at EFS will get you uh, to the link on Vimeo. Um, and I'd just like to close by thanking you for joining us again today, David, and ask you just to finish with one thing, which was taking Eric's point about stealing um, with pride. Um, he talked about when he went to Apple and met Steve Jobs and how he learned there about uh, how they demonstrate organizational integrity and how the values on their walls match the way they all behave. And uh, he talked about the Apple wall, didn't he? So perhaps we can close with that. And, um, and I'll, uh, I'll direct everyone to the website to see the video in full. And thank you very much, David. 
Well, so thank you, Joe, share. and a big thanks to you. Two hundred and fifty radio shows, Joe, that you and uh, you you and Joe Dodds have uh, have orchestrated is a really amazing achievement. Let me finish by thank reading uh, what um, what Steve Jobs uh, and Eric took away when the, when he went there. He said um, he said there was a digital message that everyone sees: employees, suppliers. It's known as the Apple Wall, and it says quite simply, "Here's to the crazy ones." the misfits, the troublemakers, the round pegs and square holes, the ones who see things differently, who are not fond of rules, have no respect for the status quo. You can disagree with them, glorify them, or vilify them. But the only thing you can't do is to ignore them, because they change things. They push the human race forward. And while some may see them as crazy ones, we see the genius because we see them as genius because it's the crazy ones who are crazy enough to think they can change the world and the ones who generally do. So let's go crazy, change the world, make our organisations better and enhance our well-being and engagement to boot. Thank you. Great, great, uh, great uh, quote to end on, David. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Thanks. Bye-bye. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.